Brewer, you hear me, bud? I got you. Awesome. All right, guys. Welcome to the CTG Nation podcast, episode number 20. We're having some technical difficulties, and we still don't know what it was, but it's working now. So what's going on, dude? Not too much, man. Just, uh, you know, just in a night shift up here in the upstate and yeah, getting settled in. Yeah. Yeah, I just adjusted uh, to day shift, so. Yeah, I don't know how you guys do all that. You know, I, I try to justify it, like, every couple episodes. Like, I tried to uh, convince Kyle that it, like, wasn't that bad. Um, but, yeah, a two-week two week rotation is probably the worst rotation. Yeah, when I was, um, when I was a canine handler, we worked eight hours, but we'd rotate every week between first, second, and third. Mm-hmm. Sunday was our, our the day we rotated, man, and I hated it. Like, that was the worst part about that job. Yeah. It's um, it's not bad if you don't uh, you don't have any overtime and you don't you you can focus on your rotation on on your weekend because you have those three days off so that gives you time to acclimate one way or the other, but you know if life gets in the way it it sucks. Yeah, but. Anyway, the topic today, I haven't really named it yet. We usually name podcasts kind of after the fact, just in case something funny comes up. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I kind of dubbed it the the tips from the blue line Um, when I put it on the IG today, when I reached out to Brewer and I was like, hey, man, let's record tonight. What do you want to do? So we got a couple notes. Uh, You know, I got some of mine and. I've already shared them with Brewer like throughout the day. And we kind of broke it down to tips we would give the general public um, and how we do business. And of course, this is going to be a little different from state to state or even within the state, how different departments and part of the state uh, deal with their civil department or eviction processes and family court and everybody kind of does it a little bit different, but I'm just going to, you know, speak from my experience and Brewer's going to speak from his Um, because not all of those processes involve us because we're technically involved in the, in the criminal process and the, in the law of things, not, you know, well, family court said this, or how do I get somebody kicked out of my house or somebody's fighting about, you know, their, their, their private property or where their where your land ends and my land starts. And I don't know, we get all kind of calls. Um, but, and then we're going to start with kind of, this is kind of the one wrench I'm going to throw kind of brewer is kind of how we operate on a daily basis. You don't have to go into crazy detail or anything that would get into, you know, possibly your operational security and how you do stuff. But, just so, pe- just so people know that we're not out like out hunting people and wanting to ruin people's lives all the time, which is a bad stereotype. Right. Because most, uh, most of the stuff I go to, I, I am called there. I'm requested there by a citizen. You yeah. know, I'm, not, I'm not looking to ruin somebody's day or ruin somebody's life, which is a big misconception. Yeah. So, you know, 
some people may have varying opinions, but I believe that, that being a patrol officer or a deputy or whatever, being assigned to the patrol division is probably one of the best jobs I have because you can do anything. Um, you know, as long as time permits and, and the call volume allows it, you can just about, if you want to be proactive and go out here and look for the crime in progress, you know, or look for criminal behavior and, and attempt to, to get into anything, you can. If you want to sit in a parking lot and answer calls and be a slave to the radio, you can. You know, if you want, if all you want to do is traffic, you know, traffic enforcement, you can do that too. It's it's endless. I mean, you you have, you know, you have endless opportunity. But operationally, on a daily basis, um, I mean, most people don't even. I mean, they think we just like wake up and boot up like a computer in our car and just it's like straight RoboCop and it's like, no, it's like no nah, man. And depending if you got a family at home, kids at home, if you have other you know, personal obligations. Um, you know, you still got to get up at a certain time. You still got to get all your kids fed. You got to get all your animals taken care of for the day. Um, I mean, yes. normal, normal human shit that they just, that a yeah. lot of people assume that we just like don't do any of that. And that we're just like born with a badge and a gun <laughs> on our hip. And it's like, nah, man, I, I did stuff for 25 years before, you know, I put my, my hand up for a county in South Carolina. Absolutely. And, you know, our day in the car, our day, you know, riding around answering calls and fixing your problems is our day at work. Just like your day may be going, punching in at, you know, at a machine shop and running a CNC machine for eight or 10 hours. You know, that's, that's, that's what we do. Same thing. Um, just with us, we have a little bit more added responsibility. We have to, one, biggest responsibility for me anyway is coming back home at the end of the day Two, uh we we have the power and i'm and I'm, i hope that the law enforcement officers that listen don't let that go to their head um, but we have the power to take somebody's freedom away to take somebody's property to um you know ultimately you know worst case scenario to take a lot so you know like I said, you have to balance that responsibility and be able to make the sound decisions um, and, and be responsible in your decision-making on top of having a normal life. And balancing that is key. Balancing your family, your work, your stress, all of that. Stress management is, is huge. Um, and it's, it's something that, that I think doesn't get paid enough attention to uh, in our line of work, I, I don't think anybody, there there may be some departments. I haven't worked at a department that offers those opportunities or, or does the, I don't know, for lack of a better term, does the, the mental health checks on their officers. Hey, you good? You need a day? You know, how are you handling this? How are you handling that? You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I've heard of uh, different places where they have, um, you know, free counselors and, and, you know, a clinic and it's just, you know, it's a part of their department, but not a lot of people have that. No. I mean, even, <clears throat> even part of the Marine Corps reserve, we're only like, 
allotted like so many, uh, you know, head doctor visits basically. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, man. Usually got to go out and get that help. Yeah. And I mean, and it doesn't even have to be, uh, you know, when I say stress management, I don't mean I had this, you know, terrible call and I had to witness this or had to do this. And, you know, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about nor- normal, you know, on a three day rotation. I had four DVs and a daggum, you know, hit and run wreck with injury, just a bunch of stuff that you had to go jump through hoops to to get certain things done, do the right paperwork, see the right judge, you know, get get the right charges signed, warrant signed, um, you know, just all that stressful, man. And and to to a lot of cops, it it's uh, it builds up, and I think that's where that that mundane stress adds up over time and just weighs weighs you down and if you if you stress or at the end of the day at you know at the end of the week on your days off then you're you're only doing damage to yourself and i saw that so that the general public can you know empathize you know with us not i don't not at not sympathize but empathize you know understand where we're at you know we're we're human as well we're, we are just like them this is our job, just like their normal nine to five, eight to five, whatever they go to work and do, it's the same for us. You know, sometimes, like you said, they expect you to be either RoboCop or Superman, one or the other, and we're neither. You know, my pants go on the same way theirs do, unless there's some kind of acrobat and can jump in both legs at a time. So. Right. Well, I think a lot of that comes down to to discipline, to personal discipline. Um stuff people may or may not have going on at the home or already in their head from, you know, pre, I don't want to say pre-existing conditions, but just like from your past, I mean, you know, people might have other stuff in their head from personal life experiences or maybe even veterans that have, you know, a little bit more, they got more skeletons in the closet or more, bad or visceral memories that can kind of hold them down. But I mean, I think it really comes down to discipline because I know with me, you're saying, you know, they, they want us to be, you know, be Superman and save the day and blah, blah. We have to make sure that, um, that we have that discipline to be our best at work. So in somebody's eyes, we can't be Superman. I agree. Um, you, you can you can change somebody's course of you know <clears throat> the the course of action their day is taking. You can change that mm-hmm. absolutely. We have the power to do that, but yeah, I also don't have the power to like remove your incorrigible child out of your home because you can't be a parent. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I, I think. In a way, I'm personally lucky and unlucky to where, you know, I don't have a wife at home. My kids do not live with me. They live with their mother. Um, but I would say out of my shift, when it comes to sleep and diet and exercise, like in those three categories, I'm the most disciplined out of my whole shift, like hands down. Because I have the opportunity to do that, 
and I need to make sure that I'm the best that I can be at work because I sure as hell know the people that are calling me aren't going to be at their best. And almost everybody else on my shift, you know, the baby, the baby might keep them up all night. Their wife might be sick. They have a lot of other factors that might weigh them down or maybe they might have a rough day or weren't able to, you know, acclimate from going to nights or days or days to nights or whatever it might be. And I mean, I kind of, I make sure that I have the ability to pick up the slack because I'm, because I'm just that guy right now, just in my career and in my life, right? you know, um, because if anybody's got to, you know, stay longer, if somebody's got to go drive somewhere and pick somebody up or take them somewhere or chase somebody or, you know, I'm, I'm just that guy right now. That's just where I'm at, you know? So I know I try to stay like as disciplined as possible um, when it comes to getting my sleep and eating right. And that's pretty much what my kind of daily routine is just to stay on top of those three things. Um, but then when I'm off, like I'm off, like I might not even leave the house. If I do leave the house, it's literally to go to the gym, slaughter myself in the gym and then come back. And, you know, I'm, I'm talking to you and Thomas, um, you know, making sure I'm staying on top of, uh, you know, relevant current events to us. I don't like to consume all the bullshit, but I need to know about some of the bullshit, um, especially anything that has to do with law enforcement and South Carolina. Um, but yeah, I just think those daily routines, just people have to be, to, to be disciplined and be honest with themselves about, you know, how they're going to handle their day to day. I agree. Cause I mean, not, but I mean, not everybody on a shift is like that. Cause I mean, I have, I have somebody on my shift that, um, I mean, he's upper fifties, uh, you know, 20 year plus army career. He's got like 27 kids. Uh, you know, I mean, his life is a lot different. Yeah. So his, his, uh, his, you know, daily routine and schedule and how much discipline he does or doesn't have, you know, in his life is going to look a lot different than mine. Absolutely. I do, you know, and I wish, I wish everybody would embrace it, but if, if I didn't have, I got a similar routine. I am married, but I don't have kids. I have a similar routine, man. The days that I work. Kids, I think is the biggest factor. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, kids, kids, unless you like have some other, uh, you know, say if you have, if you're taking care of like an elderly sick parent or your significant other has some type of condition or there's some other like life stressor, but most of the time, the big game changer is kids. Yeah. I got, I got a good friend that, um, extremely disciplined. I was on the SWAT team with him, uh, over at my other agency where I used to work. And he, he, he and his wife had their first child last year, and you know his schedule did change. We used to go the we used to go to the same CrossFit gym. We would go um, 
together usually. When his schedule changed, he just added to his home gym. And if he couldn't make it to the gym, he was still going out for 30, 45 minutes and getting that workout in, you know, yeah. just staying disciplined. And I think, I think it can be done. Um, I just I don't think that officers are taught how to do it. If they don't have it in them naturally, you know, it can be taught. But it, it has, you know, I don't think they have had that person in their life. And they haven't had the desire to do it as well. Yeah. It's a two-way street there. But, hey, man. Yeah, because I mean, I think there's. Require, I know, but. Yeah, I just think there's too many people that don't. Um, I mean, they don't prioritize their time right. And that's, you know, days that they're working and days that they're off. Because, I mean, there's some people that get home, kick their boots off, take a shower, and then go, like, straight to bed. Well, some some days you need to do that. Most of the time you're probably not going to. You need to decompress in some way. You need to make sure you hydrate. You need to make sure you kiss the wife or do whatever else you got to do with your significant other that night. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just... And then on your days off, you can't be a bum all day, every day, every single time, and just no. I mean, we've that, all been through. You know, we've all had weeks or months or stretches of time where it's just like it's nose to the grindstone for a while, but that should not be your life. No. No, man, and and you know, instead of preaching it, like. Because I've I've done that, I've I've you know been the guy that says hey you can do this this and this come do this this and this instead of that, mm-hmm. I just I just try to be the example, you know and then they instead of forcing it down somebody's throat what's what's that old saying you attract more flies with honey, um, yeah I try to I try to just be the example and not shove it down somebody's throat, and then they when they approach you about it, you know hey how do you stay in shape like that? Or, you know, I, I get all kinds of questions and they'll, they'll just freaking, you know, I just invite them to the gym or whatever. Like, Hey, they come to the gym and, and then they either love it or hate it, but at least yeah. they, they had the opportunity, you know? Yeah. And that made me think of one thing. Have you ever heard somebody say, Well, it's just a job. Yeah. Absolutely. Those those kind of people are dangerous to me. Yeah, they are. They're complacent. So it is it is just a job. Don't get me wrong. It is. But guess what comes along with the job? That and that's what they're not embracing. Yeah, it's just a job. Yes, it's where you get your paycheck from. But if you want that paycheck and you want to be able to be there for your family or you don't want to let one of your brothers and sisters down that you work with because you put us all in danger, then you better take it seriously. And you better do the, the, the right things, the necessary things to keep yourself in line and when, when it matters, when it comes down to it, when you are by yourself or with one other officer and you're both getting thrown around by the guy that's, that's on PCP or, you know, we're seeing a lot of this new, it's not new, but we're starting to see uh, up in this area, red, fo- red phosphorus and anhydrous methamphetamine come back around. Which is oh whoa yeah which is the the zombie meth, um, oh. that or they call it Nazi meth you know because they invented it but 
back in World War II. But anyway, spare the history lesson. Um, you know, those guys, you can have a 150-pound dude and take me, and I'm 215 pounds, and they can throw me around like a rag doll and, and won't feel pain, won't, you know. And I've, I've been in that situation with a guy, um, Taser. He looked at me after I tased him, perfect connection. Uh, he said, fuck your Taser, pulled the prongs out, and we went to fist fighting in the middle of the street. Man. And I was by myself for a good five minutes. Hmm. And that's uh, that's the kind of stuff you got to be prepared for, man. And if I wasn't in the physical condition that I'm in, I wouldn't have made it because it crossed my mind to shoot him. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It crossed my mind to pull my weapon and shoot this kid because he was whooping my tail. And, you know, I got a couple lucky shots in and it ended up stunning him and I got I got him on the ground in handcuffs. But, I mean, he was still fighting us in handcuffs in the back of a car. So, yeah. It happens, man. Those, those yeah, people those... are complacent and dangerous. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Yeah, because I've gotten to the point now where – I mean, I've always been – I don't want to call it the warrior mindset because I think that's kind of campy. Yeah. Um, like, we're not we're not really warriors. Like, we're not Spartans. We're just like, I'm Aaron. You're Brewer. We're from South Carolina. We got into law enforcement. Like, you need to the, – the, the warrior thing, some people need to tone it down sometimes. I mean, that's good to have, like, that mindset, and, like, in your head, but, like, to outwardly – you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, So if you look at – I know exactly what you're saying. If you look at it, um, you know, being <clears> – you have to be a warrior, but you have to know when to be a warrior. You have mm-hmm. to know when to be a freaking counselor. You have to yeah. know – you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. not a – I can't just go out and beat everybody I see. <laughs> you know, everybody no. I come in contact with does not want to fight. No. You know, even people that run, they just want to get away. They don't want to go to jail. They don't want to fight you, you know. Usually when you put hands on those guys that are running, they're like, all right, I give up. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. You know, it's the first yeah. thing they say. You just get, that's the, that goes back to that, that first one we did where we talked about uh, reading people, man. You just got to know how to do it. It's it's That's part of, in quotation, I'm doing air quotes right now, the job, you know. But no, the warrior thing, I think that, that people thought that sounded really cool and sexy and romantic and badass, and they were like, oh, yeah, I'm a warrior. Look at me, sheepdog, baby. I call it going full sheepdog. <laughs> like, yeah. like they just, you know, thin blue line, baby. I bleed blue, and they got the Punisher skulls all over their vehicle and all that craziness, man. And, and you know, cool. Uh, uh, thanks for being – that guy i guess but um yeah but most of those guys it's most of those guys it's like it's like they want to be about the moto side of it like the motivation side of it but then they don't they don't come full circle like half the time those guys are fat (laughs) yeah and not even like in shape fat which is a thing (laughs) yeah um (laughs) I don't know. Those guys are never full circle. Like they don't like know the laws very well. They don't, you know, when to make certain charges over the other ones. Uh, you know, they'll stop cars for going, you know, four miles an hour. Like dumb shit. Yeah, it trips me out. The brake light stops trip me out. Mm-hmm. You know, 
if you read the law, you only have to have one. But people will see one brake light out and then they'll stop the car. I asked, you know, I've asked a couple of times, did you give them a ticket or anything? No, I gave them a warning. Okay. Did you educate them on the law? No, I, I just know they had a brake light out. I gave them a warning. You know, I, I was like, no, they need that. The law states with brake lights, you only need one. And you can stop somebody, but it, it cannot, you cannot be, unless there's in plain view, criminal, whatever. Yeah, criminal activity, yeah. Then <clears throat> it's an educational stop only. So. Well, and that's one thing a lot of officers don't do. And they, I mean, they don't educate the public. No, they no. I mean, you're not. You're obviously not going to be able to educate everybody. Like, like your Nazi meth guy. Like, you're not going to be able to educate him about anything. But most people you come in contact with, I mean, if you're a half decent officer, like you should be able to settle down and figure out whatever's going on because dispatch is usually not a hundred percent. Sorry, um, and it's not their fault because usually the people they're talking to on the other end is like. I need the cops right now. And they just hear hollering and they just hang up and it's like, well, sweet. I'm going in there blind. Yeah. Um, uh, But I I know I've talked about that before and just, but not a lot of people, not a lot of people like to teach. No. Or to educate people. And I mean, I mean, you and me have taught classes for a while now and, in different capacities and because we like doing that, but I don't think there's enough officers that like doing it, or at least, you know, can kind of fake the funk No, it, for it, certain situations. So education is part of community oriented police. And if you break Correct. it down um, and, and, and it is effective, that's so I, I think what it comes from is you, when you have these officers that get out here and they have to handle a situation, you know, be it, the dumb disturbance between neighbors or the baby daddy texting, threatening all this crazy stuff. And, and they get so aggravated because they, they allow their personal feelings to be involved with it. Right. They, they take it personally that they have to be there and deal with this dumb, dumb thing. Right. Part of this job is separating that. And you are what you are. You know, you swore an oath to be that person to yeah. be that, that, I'm not even going to say person. You sworn up to be that thing that represents the laws and everything else. So, well, and that's 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 textbook Jocko right there is detaching yourself, like taking a breath, step back for a second, and look around so you can get the whole picture. I mean, dude, he talks about that constantly, yep. and that is that is law enforcement almost all the time. So I think these these officers get frustrated and they don't want to take the time after they they get the person calmed down or whatever. And they don't want to take the time to be like, all right, now this is this is what you can do from here on out to where you won't need me. This is where you will need me. This is when you don't need me, and this is how to go about conducting this to solve your problem. You know, most people just go ten eight and. Keep going about the business. Yeah. Until the next day when they get called out to the same place for the same issue. But on the other hand, I have done that, the educational thing, 
and still a week later get called out for the same thing. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. So it doesn't work all the time, but it's it's something that's worth going through. Yeah, it doesn't take well, an extra. That's five a good. Minutes, um, you know? No, that's a good kind of transition to the second half of this. So that's kind of that'll be the last part of kind of how we operate on a daily basis is having to solve people's problems or educate them. Uh, you might have to tell the same person the same thing like the next day. Yeah. Or you have like, you know, your regulars, like the one guy that's always drunk, the the couple that's always fighting, the one guy that, you know, always has a problem with family court and seeing his kids, but he always calls 911 and it's the fifth time you've talked to him in a month. Um, all of those situations could be solved by educating them. So that kind of gets kind of the second half of tips and advice that I don't think enough of the public knows because I, I don't really have a number and I don't think there's any way to get a set number for this, but I go to more calls or I, or I conduct, you know, calls over the phone, um, depending on what's going on that doesn't require a deputy. No, absolutely not. And, and so I got a theory. Um, I think that if the calls are vetted, differently mm-hmm. in the call center mm-hmm. that would change a lot of that but i don't so do know you think, do you well, think I, that go, go ahead how do, how do you think that should be solved so are you saying like should the dispatchers vet better so i don't know how your your comm center works with ours uh they're they're all county employees but they're not certified officers they're certified this they're certified communications operators right but uh they don't the law enforcement side of it is not there right so i think that and and this used to be in in this county it used to be this way there was a representative from you know the the larger agency in the comm center listening to these calls come in and if it was something that say hey the front desk can handle this or uh, I'll take that other phone, or you can you can. It's forty nine is is what we call it here. Uh, you can you can cancel that call out, clear it out. They don't need a cop, and that would cut down on a lot of the stuff that we have to go out to and tell them. You right. don't you don't need law enforcement for this. This is how you handle that. This is this is right. you know what I'm saying. So yeah, and I know it comes down to manpower issues. Not everybody wants to be a dispatcher. Like not everybody wants to be a cop. That's a tough job. Don't get me wrong. That that yeah. job is extremely demanding. Yeah, uh, mentally. You know, so I think it comes down to the manpower issue and everything else. But with ours, uh, if it sounds like, like if it if there's a if it sounds loud in the background, or if it, you know, if the call taker like doesn't really understand what's going on, they're gonna they're they're dispatching it, they're sending it. Right. You know I mean, we can figure it out when we get there, and it's yeah. You know, it's just I guess just how it is right now. But I I see a fix for it. I don't know that it'll ever happen. Yeah, I know some people have said, like, oh, you should have a certified officer, you know, in the dispatch room or in dispatch. Uh, Some people have 
said that like all dispatchers should be certified like us. Um, I mean, I don't know, because they're not allowed to make those decisions. You know, they have to take every call that comes in there and give it out. Absolutely. I mean, they might call us or they'll put something in the notes that'll kind of tip us off, but that's not up to them. It's up to us. Yeah. And it's it's nice to have those senior dispatchers. And, and we have we have a handful here that mm-hmm. are excellent. They have been doing it for a long time. And, you know, they can read a call. They can read a voice over the telephone better than they can somebody in person, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and they know exactly what's going on. And, and it's, you know, it's it's nice to have that experience, but you're not seeing a lot of people. There, there, there's such a high attrition rate or turnover or whatever you want to call it in that mm-hmm. line of work, man. They don't get paid enough and they freaking, it's mentally draining. Yeah. That, I think that's one fix. I think another another fix would be, you know, adults uh, that are functioning members of this society educating themselves on the predicaments that they get themselves into. Mm-hmm. I think that would be, you know, pertinent, you know, as a responsible adult with children or, you know, dealing with adult like things, say, probate situations or wanting somebody out of the house or, you know. Yeah, well. Civil what would you say at a mechanic shop, you know? Yeah, so so I've got a couple of those jotted down, and even some that I dealt with today. What what do you think would be the the biggest one where they tell you what's going on, and you're like, you put your hands up, you're like, that's a civil issue. You need to handle this by doing X, Y, and Z. What do you think's the biggest one, or what's the biggest one you get in the upstate? Ours are eviction notices constantly, constantly. Yep. People want I want people them out, out of my house. Take oh. them out of my house. Kick them out of my house. I it's probably like, I, yeah. I don't have the power to do that. I probably explain that at least once a shift. Yep. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Yep. <laughs> That's the biggest one, man. I, like yeah. Now I've had a couple of different situations in mechanic shops. I say mechanic shops because mechanics have certain rights. You know, if a vehicle's there long enough. Um, they can they can get a, a mechanic's lien or title or well, I don't know how what the exact mm-hmm. verbiage of it, but I know that they can take possession of a car, take ownership of a car that's right. left on their property for so long. Or yeah. you know if they don't pay their bills, then guess what? They now own their car because half the parts on them are there. So right, you know it's uh, yeah. I dealt with that. I dealt with that one today too. Yeah, that's uh you know all that's interesting. I like knowing how it works, but like why don't other people know? Because I knew that before I was a cop. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I don't know if I just am just an inquisitive individual and, and wanting to know how things work in the world or, or what. But it's, it's, a, it's, it's interesting the people that have no clue on how the world operates whatsoever. Yeah. No, I, I would say most of the people we deal with don't. They don't know how any of that stuff works. But it's not. It's not like it's a secret. It, no. We're not, not hiding it from anybody. <laughs> no. I think that uh, the eviction thing, people get it confused. So we have a civil division at, at the agency I work at, and they handle those things, paper service, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, eviction notices, evictions, um, what whatever it is. You know, they, they handle that whole civil side of the, the 
uh, government or of of the branch of government we're under, and and whatever they do it, I don't have to do it. And I think people get confused since they wear a gun and a badge too. They're not they they wear like a a different uniform, I guess, so they don't. Yeah, ours ours look the same, and I was just kind of thinking about that recently. How that could be confusing because I always say how you know we deal with criminal law, not civil law. It's like okay, well then, why are y'all the same person then? Because yeah. our our civil division is uh, now not all of them are uh, are class one. I mean, some of them are class three. Uh, but you know, outwardly to the public, they look exactly the same. I mean, it's it's a cop. Yeah, you tell me what. Just you go find somebody walking around a Walmart right now, who knows the difference between a class class one law enforcement officer and a class three law enforcement officer. Yeah, absolutely nobody knows what that is. Yeah. <laughs> so, <clears throat> um, yeah, and, and I don't expect people to understand that. That's that's something that that only we understand and know or whatever. But the eviction process, literally, you can walk into the courthouse. And ask the person at the front desk, and they can tell you the eviction process. Or they can give you a whole freaking. Ours has a a sheet that has the steps, step by step process that you have mm-hmm. to go through. You know, or you could probably look at look at that online. I've never looked at our county website, but yeah. yeah. No, that's a good idea. I might actually recommend that. <laughs> uh, let's see, what else do I have here? Family court. How much family court stuff do you deal with up there? We, so the biggest stuff, the most I deal with family court is either when um, I have the EPC or mm. the, the emergency protective custody mm-hmm. or lock somebody up on a family court warrant. I mean, it, it, we have no choice in that matter. Um, right. But outside of that, we don't really deal with them. Yeah, I I think the number one thing in regards to family court, and it's not that I, it's not me dealing directly with family court, it's family court issues, is um, fathers that don't have, they haven't gone through family court and don't have visitation. Yes, I've explained that many times. And they'll, uh, you know, oh, I want to see my kids. And, you know, some of them are, some of them, you know, in, in my my personal eyes, you know, they're justified and and the guy's working and he's got a job and he's like, he's doing all the right things. He just doesn't have visitation set by family court. Um, yeah. Because it, uh, cause in those kind of situations in South Carolina, it sucks to be a guy. Yeah. Oh, it's a mother state for sure. For sure. And I've, I've had that situation. I've run into it multiple times, actually. Um, and I'm actually glad I paid attention to the family court and the parental rights portion of the academy because right. the, the situation arises constantly where you have the child's father and the child's mother who've never been married. Mm-hmm. They split up. The kids are with the mom, and the dad thinks he has rights to the children, and he doesn't because right. he's never – you have to petition for rights. Right. Um if you're not married in the state of South Carolina, the father has to petition for rights if the mother and the father are split. Um, right. And that's that's something that nobody ever knows, ever. I've explained that so many times. Like, like I'll ask, dude, have you petitioned for your rights yet? He'll say, no, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I'm like, well, this is how you do it, and this is what you need to do. 
Yeah. Um, you think you know? Hey, I, I got kids with this lady. I, I think what they what they're they're under the impression that hey, I, I've had access. To, these are my children. I've had access to them. You know, this entire time. Why can't I see them now? And and I think it comes down to you're not going to tell me that I'm not going to see my kids. And I understand that. I, I can I empathize with that. I get it. But unfortunately, in this state, it is a mother state, and you have to do what the law says in order to do what you want to do. You know. Yeah. But that's that's really the biggest uh, like process that I have to step people through. Um, other than that, I, I don't really deal with family court much more than, you know, I know school resource officers do. They do the incorrigible child thing all the time, mm. um, and they keep track of truancy and all that stuff, and, you know, more power to them. They, uh, whew, that's, that's more than I want to deal with. But Yeah, we have a um... – We have a very good uh, juvenile uh, investigator where I work, and man, he's got that stuff dialed in. And I just can't imagine doing it, just you know, having to deal with, uh, you know, bad kids or good kids in bad situations. And um, I mean, our SROs, you know, some are more proactive than others. Um, I mean, a school resource officer, that's always, there's always going to be a joke about them, like not being real cops or getting off the road as soon as they can to have a cushy job at the school. Um, and there are those. Unfortunately. And I mean, there's, there's good ones and bad ones and the jokes are always going to be there. Just how there's, you know, jokes about deputies versus police officers, jokes about Marines, uh, you know, jokes about Clemson fans, jokes about Cle- about Carolina fans. It's just, I mean, it is what it is. So Valkyrie's actually, we're starting a thing. Uh, I think that, that Thomas is wanting to push it pretty hard is, is getting uh, SR, targeting SROs specifically to come through TECC and, um, you know, the portions that we do the active shooter side of mm-hmm. because they're going to be the ones dealing with it first. Right. I mean, yeah, you're already in a school where a shooter comes in. Guess what, buddy? You're solo and you're going to handle that. Yeah. Um, also the stop the bleed kits are literally, I don't know how it is down there, but on up here, they're on the walls. Like every hallway at every school here has a stop the bleed kit mounted on it. So, you know, they have the tools already. They just need to know how to use it. So I think we're going to start pushing that out here pretty soon. Yeah, I haven't been in a lot of the schools. Um, Grant, I've only been here, what, eight no, eight months, nine months. Um, and that just, like, takes time or, you know, hopefully I'll be getting on SRT this summer and we'll be doing training within the schools and stuff and, but no, I think that's a good idea with the with the SROs. I mean, is if you know if they like it or not, or they took that job just so they could have a little, you know, what do they usually work like seven to three? It just kind of depends, you know, yeah. you know if they're in the elementary school, if they're in the high school, and that offset time, or you know, if they're working a game, you know, Friday night or something. But no, I I think that's a great idea, and I'll. I mean, I always push that to, you know, people on our side of the state. Um, 
I'm just, I mean, I know, I know if I had kids and I, that's the first thing I would want to do is meet the SRO. Yeah. In their school. Hey, who's, who's watching out for my baby, you know? Yeah. Well, and I grew up with SROs. Um, I mean, I went to school in Richland County here in South Carolina. I mean, you know, the, the famous Richland County and, and Sheriff Lot. Um, I always had a school resource officer mm-hmm. when uh, the, when there was, you know, multiple school shootings and there was talk about like, Oh, do we need to have armed guards in our schools? And we don't want to have police in our schools. And I'm looking around and I'm like, you know, you're hearing that on the national news and everybody does all the States do something different. And even County to County does stuff different. I always had a school resource officer in my school. Yeah, we, we did. I had two in my high school. Um, and that, the two that were my resource officers are now the Lieutenant and the first sergeant over our SRO division. Where I work. <laughs> and they're pretty, they're pretty jam up. Those are, they're good guys. Um, they're good cops. They're great cops. I mean, them jokers, they're jam up. So, yeah. You know, you got the good ones out here. I, I just think uh, – I don't think the ones that get out of it, to get off the road, to go go to the school, I don't think they last very long in schools because it, it's – that's a different animal that you're dealing with in there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's definitely almost different policing. A lot of people think that getting put in a specialized division or getting – you know, say they go upstairs to CID or – they go to SRO, they think it's going to be, oh, I get this nice, you know, work four tens a week and get to sit right at a desk. And I don't know about your agency, but our guys don't do that, man. I mean, every everybody, and it's probably got to do with the leadership and, and, and the examples that have been set, but our guys are not sitting behind a desk. It doesn't matter where they work at. Yeah, like I said, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm working the road the whole time. I don't really have a lot of interaction with the schools and uh, the SROs, and I mean, I know, I know of some that are in schools now that used to be, you know, shift lieutenants and sh- shift sergeants that were, you know, I mean, they were go getters when they're on the street, but you know, they had enough and they're like, all right, I'm going to ride out to school, and I mean. There's, um, I mean, good on them. There's if that's that, what they, if that's where they want to go with their career. You know, there was a shortage, or there is a shortage in South Carolina. So, so the retirement system lifted the cap for anybody who wanted to come back and be an SRO after they retired. So, if you're an SRO and you've already done your 25, um, you can collect your check and your your pay. So you, you're collecting your full retirement and your pay, your full pay with no cap you know right now if you do that in any other capacity you got a ten thousand dollar cap on your retirement or on your pay excuse me but i think that's why you see a lot of older guys that that do that i know i know a couple that are retired that keep on doing it because why not they're making six figures a year to freaking yeah uh, be in the school yeah that's a pretty good deal so kind of back to um yep rabbit hole Tips, back to tips and uh, advice that you just give the general public that would just help them and their problems and understand, you know, 
what we're meant to do and not do, like in reality. Yeah, in reality, I can't remove your roommate that pisses you off. In reality, I can't take your child to DJJ because he won't listen to you or she won't listen to you. Right. Um, in reality, I there's no way I can force a mother to make a make her kids see their father if he doesn't have rights. Right. Um, you know, I can't fix probate problems. I can't make your neighbor cut down the tree on his property that it I dealt with, leaves in your yard. Yes, I dealt with that one today too. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> that's uh that's a funny one. I, I've I've had that one in the fence thing. Like, oh they built a fence on the property line and and now I can't see here or so, you know, whatever the yeah. call was. I'm like, you gotta take them to the civil court over this, bro. Like I can't do anything about that. Yeah. Property line. Like it's yeah. not a criminal thing. Yeah, you know, I'm here for. Or I had a I had a situation just like that today, and uh, I think it was the guy's uncle or father was was uh, was there, you know, quote on scene, and he was like, "Well, y'all are going to do a report on this." No. <laughs> uh, no, no, sir, I'm not. Um, because I have worked for an agency where they're really big on information reports mm. or even, or even doing reports on, uh, on alarm calls where, I mean, 99% of alarm calls are nothing. Yeah. It's just the alarm going off. Um, but the agency I'm with now, like, I mean, every once in a while, but I mean, I've worked so, with I've worked with agency before where I was doing information reports or to me bullshit reports every shift. Yeah, I've, uh, my other agency was big on the information reports, and where I'm at now, information report is is exactly what it is. It's it's to put information down, to log information down that is pertinent or could be pertinent or could unfold into a criminal investigation. Mm -hmm. That way, it's already documented. So, you know, you know, it's a little bit of that cop work using using a little bit of that that cop sense. That, yeah. uh, you know, and I like it. I don't. I I don't see a point in I go out here because they're having a freaking property line dispute, and you want me to do a report to make them happy. Yes, our job is to serve the public, but my job is not to go outside of my scope of practice. Right? right. I don't. I don't ask a dentist to do freaking open heart surgery. Right. Right. They're they're both medical doctors, but yeah. one does teeth, the other one does hearts. Right. Well, that was one thing I was talking to. Um, I was talking to somebody about it today. And you know, we'll go out to calls. It's like people are talking down to us like we're servants or slaves. I mean, I know that's a fuck. You know, that's a touchy word, but like. Um, just because, yeah, I'll, I'll pay your salary. Well, you know, <laughs> guess what, motherfucker? I've been paying taxes in South Carolina my whole damn life, too. So, fuck off. <laughs> so, people get confused with, you know, the common law enforcement, law enforcement saying, and you see it on everybody's cars, and you see it, you see it on everything. All the blue line, just... Just blue line throw up everything mm -hmm. is protect and serve. Okay, just because the root word of servant is serve, 
that I'm not your, I'm not your servant. No, there is a certain scope to my job. And, and that revolves around keeping you safe within the scope of the law, not just because you want me to do something. Because if I did everything that some complainant wanted fired, uh, yeah, multiple times by now, it's like, no, 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 I can't do that. I would have violated you know, 17 of somebody's rights. <laughs> yeah, it's called Giglio. I don't know if you know about that in the state of South Carolina, but if you get giglio you now are, your, your testimony in court is now nothing in the entire state. So you're either going to go work in evidence or you're not going to be a cop anymore. So that's, uh, that's crazy. I, 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 you know, when people start demanding things of me, I start shutting down because I, not what I'm there for. Sorry. Yeah. You know, I've had a lot of complaints about it, but fortunately, you know, I've I've always worked for decent supervisors um, that that'll back me up on it. Yeah, because I mean, my, my job is within the law and policy, not. Whatever the fuck Jim Bob wants that day. Yep. Now those laws and those policies, you know, hopefully they're all made and written with, you know, the intent of protecting citizens and for citizens, you know, you know, for their for their well being. But just because you want me to do something and you quote pay my salary. That's not what's going to happen. Because are you going to pay all my bills? And but well, yeah. Are you going to pay all my bills when I get fired for doing what you told me to do, no. Mister Citizen? They're not. Fuck no, they're not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Got to be able to articulate and educate. So it goes back to that pride and ownership on our part. You know, this is your craft that you've chosen to do. Regardless if you see it as just a paycheck or not, you better be good at it. Yeah. Yeah, educate yourself and no laws and no policies. And, yeah, I mean, the, the risk is higher than most jobs out there. Uh, it's the hardest job to get and the easiest one to lose. Yeah. It it is you you have to you better know what you're talking about. And if you don't know, you better be able to educate yourself quickly. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the best thing I've ever seen is a it's a website, it's called Case Law for Cops. Absolutely love it. You can you can punch in keywords and it'll bring up case law, you know, regarding what you put in. And a lot of a lot of police don't educate themselves on case law past the academy. You know, they read the 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 core the core cases that you have to learn there, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And that stuff changes every day. Oh yeah. But you know, if if you, I don't know. It's. I mean, I think that. I mean, I think that that comes with just. I mean. 
basically being a responsible adult, being a good leader, having pride in your craft to just know your shit. I mean, you don't have to be a brainiac about it, but then, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta also be humble and be like, well, I don't know, but I can find out for you. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's textbook, uh, you know, promotion board type stuff for the military and, um, for law enforcement. I mean, be humble and <laughs> know where to look. All right, let's see. A couple other things I got written down here. Um, especially nowadays, I think with some of the stuff that we've talked about in past episodes, and I don't want to say it's just millennials. I think it's a mindset that, that it spans multiple generations of people not comprehending consequences for your actions and decisions. <laughs> yeah. I, I, <laughs> I don't think that'll ever be, um, I don't know. That's just never going to be solved really. Cause I mean, people are born and killed and die every day, <laughs> but I don't, I, do you have any solutions to help people understand that? Um, yeah, don't be dumb. So, <laughs> mm. So you you expect to be able to I don't know what's what's a good example of that you expect to be able to go out here and punch your neighbor in the mouth because his tree is blowing leaves onto your property and then you think you're okay you you think I'm not going to come take you to jail I have no choice but to take you to jail if yeah. I didn't take leaves you to jail, leaves in a yard does not equal assault <laughs> why do I, told, I have to explain that to anybody <laughs> i told you i don't know if i said it on the podcast but i think i told you the story is when i first started where i'm at now i went to a disturbance of weapons over a goat mm -hmm. they were going to kill each over each other over a goat what it's a goat Dude, that, was, bro. that was his favorite goat man i'm just well i mean where we were at i don't know what nah. the, the part the part of the county we were in, I'm not sure what they do with that goat, but yeah, hey, I get it, I get it. Um, you know, I holy shit, what, is it, it's it's worth shooting somebody over that goat? Like, yeah, like shit, literally willing to risk the rest of your life in prison because your goat won't stay on your side of the fence. Get out of here, bro. Yeah, that's come on. No, the consequences. I I, I think. We kind of we kind of hit on this in the last one. I think that at a young age now, uh, you're starting to see that children aren't held to to a standard, and they they're not taught to accept the consequences of their actions. Um, you know, punishment's not a thing anymore. And you know, I think that's you're starting to see what's happening now. You got you got oh, what just happened? A 12 and a 14 year old had a freaking I don't know how many hours it was standoff. Yeah, they had a full-blown shootout. Where was then, that at? And then had a shootout with the cops, man. Yeah. At like 12 and 14, what, what they broke into a house, first off. Right. Occupied residence. Okay, mm -hmm. home invasion. Mm -hmm. Then they found a 12-gauge shotgun and a freaking 
An AK. AK. And the whole time that that the police are out there with, you know, they did the throw phone and everything, trying to talk them down, trying to get them to come out. They're shooting pot shots. They're taking pot shots at the the cops the whole time. Yeah. You know, and then it was out of out of the two male and female. It was the female that comes out with a freaking AK and starts just cutting loose. And they, you know, they had no choice with what they had to do. Those kids, why weren't they taught any different? They're being taught now it's okay to do that kind of thing. Yeah. Dude, I, when I was 12 years old, I didn't even want to say, like, if I didn't say yes, ma'am, I caught a backhand. You know what I'm saying? Or right. I, caught, I caught that look where you're going to catch these hands if you don't freaking straighten up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was terrified. So I don't, I don't know why. I don't understand it anymore. There's no discipline. There's no There's no – acceptance of consequences there's there's no punishment it's it's crazy yeah i mean it's going to be job security for us for a while <laughs> yeah absolutely because it's not gonna i don't know with a lot of the kids not being disciplined and stuff that's happened with covid and the rise in some locations of um uh, domestic violence and suicide and substance abuse. Uh, I still think we're on the uptick of that, unfortunately. Yeah, it's we're nowhere near peak. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that is, we're still going. Yeah. Unfortunately, like you said. And, and, and drug use, that's a completely different thing. You know what? You know, somebody made a conscious decision to, to, to use that, that substance, but I don't blame an addict for their actions. I don't, I if I if I did cast blame, I wouldn't cast blame to the addict for their actions because at a point they're not themselves anymore, and and they do what they do because of that that substance, right? So I blame the substance, or the narcotic, or whatever they're on. But what could have stopped them from doing that in the first place? Because I see drug use as instant gratification. You know, whether it, it, whether it comes from some traumatic event in your life or you just like the party and you get hooked on a certain thing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you, you want that easy high, that instant gratification. And and I think that, that, again, I think that if discipline had been instilled in that individual a little more, then maybe there was a chance that they would have either done it and said, okay, but I'm not doing it again, or had said, nah, I'm not touching this stuff. You know, it's just not me. It's not what I do. But addiction's been around for since since human. <laughs> you know, that's it's just yep. one of those things that that it's a it's a natural human behavior. Unfortunately, man has figured out how to perfect things and make them extremely addictive. Oh yeah. So we're we're going to have to dance around this next little question I got for you a little bit. All right. Um, you know, just because there's certain things we can't get too personal with and we got to keep the kind of professional edge on it. What's y'all's policy with Narcanning people? So at the moment, we don't issue it. Um. There is, it's, it's, well, I'm, I don't, I'm not, 
let me go back. We're starting to issue it now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, but it's just come within the past year or two, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, it's, you know, if you have it, they, they issue it to you. Like you get Narcan for yourself in case mm-hmm. you do get exposed or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, um, there's like a, some system you got to use if you use the other Narcan. Correct. Um, but it's, it's honestly, a I mean, it's got to be fully documented and there's like yeah. a website you got to go to, then you got to go through sled and then you have to do a report within your own agency. Like you got to get that case number. I mean, it's a full thing. Yeah. It's a, it's a discretionary thing to be honest with you. Um, okay. You know, I'm not, <laughs> my personal belief right. is, is a little different. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is the thing about it. If they're a known, I'm just going to broad spectrum opiate or opioid user. There's usually Narcan in wherever they're at. Yeah, I've seen it. I've I've seen parents that have had kids addicted to, to heroin or whatever else. And, and they're like, hold on, I, you know, I gave him Narcan already. And like, you had Narcan? Yeah, I bought it at Walgreens. Like what? <laughs> like you, it's crazy. But yeah, and then you got to have like a certain dosage to offset whatever they already put in their body. And I tell you, the good Narcan that I see is the stuff they inject intramuscular mm-hmm. that the that the uh, EMS has. Right. That stuff works great. Yeah. A lot faster than the nasal spray. Yeah, the stuff we're given is the is the nasal spray, and I don't know the the, the exact measurement on it. You know, be it milligrams or whatever. Because um, I, because I, I don't, because I personally don't have any. Um, well, I mean, we do have other officers on shift that have like had it, and then they've ran out, and it's like, but they've had to use it so much that they don't even have one left for themselves, which is the original intent of law enforcement officers having the Narcan. Yeah, when fentanyl and carfentanil hit the streets, that's when it got big. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you inhale that stuff. And- I don't know. I think the more studies they've done now, it's it's not as potent, you know, mm-hmm. like they thought. But yeah, um, you know, with Narcan, my personal opinion is you put yourself in that situation. Yeah, kind of like playing Russian roulette, right? Oh, I mean, for sure. You never know when that chamber is going to when that when that when that round's going to be the one that that firing pin strike, you never know, yeah. you know? Well, a big thing with drugs is, um, you know, people will go dry out somewhere. Say they'll go with a different, uh, different family member, different part of town, different part of the state, go out of town, say they get arrested for a little while, dry out in jail, come back out. And they try to hit the same they were hitting before. Yeah. That's instant. And then they're just fucking dead. Uh oh. Yeah. The crazy, the crazy thing that I've dealt with is when you hit them with Narcan and they come back around, they're pissed. Always. Because you ruined their high. I'm Always. Like, you were blue and you weren't breathing. Always. They are coming up swinging every single time. It's like <laughs> fuck, man. Like I just saved you and you woke up an asshole. Like <laughs> holy crap. Uh. Yeah. That. Yeah. That part. Uh. Yeah, I definitely have an internal dilemma with. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any Narcan, so I don't make that decision. But it's definitely a moral decision in your head for anybody. <clears throat> yeah. 
I don't. Like I said, I haven't been issued it yet. I don't know when that's coming, but yeah, I haven't either. I've I, I've never been trained to use it. I've I've been like told the process, but then I've never had to do it. Like, a, and I don't know if there's some other class I have to take to I know how to do the, it or use it. I don't. I carried it at the other agency. Um, I had I had I had some for my dog. I had some for me. I had some for um, you know for other people and stuff. Mm-hmm. I never administered it to people or anything like that. Um, I watched other people do it. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's know. as far as my experience with it is. All right, next one. Um, <laughs> and this is more of just, just, just saying, but as a law enforcement officer, I don't make the laws. Mm-mm. I enforce the laws. And I've said this before too. It's in the name. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> law enforcement. Yep. I didn't write it. it yeah, it's I've been called that for a long time. Um, but yeah, I don't think on certain calls we'll go to and oh, well, you're just doing this to lock me up and this and that. And, and I'm just like, I was like, you know, you know who the people are that make these laws? <laughs> it's the people you fucking vote for. Mm-hmm. Shitty politicians and shitty people are going to make shitty law. Cops don't make law. I mean, we might make case law if you fuck up, <laughs> but life goal. But um, yeah, I mean, if you look up the SC code of laws, anybody can type it into Google. You can look at the legitimate website. You can look at some other. Uh, I call them Cliff Note versions um, that I have used and still use, and I used it today. Um, I mean, I think if you printed it out in a book, it would probably be like, it would be a three foot tall book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, you know, it, I, I didn't write it and I may not even agree with some of them, right. but I have no choice in the matter. Yeah. That's what, that's what people don't understand. Um, you know, I mean, we have some discretion. Absolutely. Not total discretion if i've made the decision that you have to go to jail you have to go to jail i don't yeah. have a choice at that point you know mm-hmm. if i if i've seen that there's enough probable cause to, to charge you at that point guess what you don't have a choice and i don't have a choice either so that leads into if you run i'll chase if you fight i'll fight if you try to kill me i'm gonna defend myself and everybody else around me right Mm-hmm. So, I don't write them. I yeah, I think um, kind of a nerdier base level of that, and I'm sure somebody can look up the numbers somewhere. <clears throat> but most people don't know, like basic government. No. Basic U.S. government, dude. If you those if, if you broke down, <laughs> down 
that statement of what I just said. We, we do not make the law. We enforce the law. So two halves of that are literally two different branches of government. One of them is legislative. That's who makes law. And then there's the executive. And that's who enforces law. We are executive. We are part of executive and a little bit of judicial, um, depending on how you prosecute courses, uh, prosecute cases. And even then, I still kind of view that as executive, but it's the executive part of judicial, (laughs) if that makes any sense. but I mean, most people don't even know that. They don't know. They don't know the laws. They don't know their rights. They don't know the basic, the basics of U.S. government. Unfortunately. Yeah, they, they you know, the last time they heard those words were government econ in the freaking jun- their junior year of high school. Yeah, then I'm sure they skipped like half the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's two two different branches there. The 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 ones who are getting their pockets padded are making laws, and the ones dealing with the the fallout are are us. And and that's you know, well, and then it's been like that forever. A lot of the legislative is, I, I mean, they're all lawyers. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. If if you read our entire DUI. Uh, oh. stat- statute, it was written. Oh. It was written by a defense attorney who specialized. In, in DUI defense. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it is the hardest charge to make stick. Yeah. You know, so if you get charged with DUI and it sticks, guess what? Without a shadow of a doubt, <laughs> yeah. you, you were hammered and you drove. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I got one last point. Unless you got something else up your sleeve. You never know. What you got? So I didn't look up like the sexy movie quote for it. But I've been on scenes where, um, and this, people may have even seen this in their personal lives whenever they get in arguments, if that's with a significant other or just a buddy or a friend, you know, male, female, it doesn't matter. Where have you ever seen where people they're already upset, but they get more upset because they see that you're not upset? Oh yeah. I think so, it's funny. <laughs> so like our job, a normal day, is to deal with somebody's worst day. Mm-hmm. So somebody might be like, oh, this is the worst day of my life, and you did this, and you did that, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, hey, to me, this is going to sound insensitive, but you know, law enforcement is a conservative mind, minded profession set in reality. Mm-hmm. For me, it's a Tuesday. Yep. But, that, but I mean, that also goes back to, you know, being detached 
to execute your job and, uh, you know, your scene and your situation to the best of your abilities, you know, in the eyes of the law and for helping the complainant and the victim and all that. Um, But I, dude, when I've been on scenes and they, they literally get mad at me for being calm. I'm like, what the fuck (laughs) in my head, in my head. I don't say that out loud. I mean, I'm sure I have said it before, but most of the time (laughs) it's just in my head. I'm like, it's like, whoa, you called me to solve or take care of your problem. And I can't do that if I'm worked up like you are justified or not. Yeah, that's it, the first thing any any officer should try to do is de-escalate any any mm-hmm. any high tension. Um, because when when people are at that level, they're unpredictable, or that you're you're going down that road that's going to lead to some kind of use of force, right? That's unnecessary if you just would have calmed them down. Now, when you've got the individual that want that is demanding you do something, they're extremely upset, and you're calm and constantly telling them no you you can't do anything else for them they're just going to be pissed yeah. and they get they get more angry because you calmly tell them no and you're not going to let them goad you into mm-hmm. that kind of that the same behavior they are right mm-hmm. because literally why it's not worth any of that so i think that's that that's what i i know i've done it i've laughed at people when they when they do that and I know that makes them more angrier, but it's, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it goes back to that, that, that uneducated individual. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not. No, man. You want me to be as upset as you are about your tree leaves? No, I don't care. Not my yard. Clean them up. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, you'll have. I mean, you'll have a call like that. And then the next call you go to is, you know, you're saving a a suicidal veteran. Yeah. Yeah. There's a time and place to be invested into things. Yeah. I'm just like, but I think it, it, I don't know if it's, I don't know the right terminology for that. If I like that side of the job, I like the fact that it's a freaking roller coaster. You know, like you said, one day, one, one, one hour, I'm, I'm over here dealing with a neighborly dispute, and, and then I drive thirty minutes down the road, and now I'm talking a guy down, you know, with a gun to his head. Yeah, that's, you know, that's the kind of stuff that, I, that attracts me to the job. But, yeah, no, we had, um, I don't know how much detail I've talked about this one, and I, and I don't want to go too deep to kind of you know respect you know respect their privacy and everything but there was a suicidal veteran that we we had to fight with him for a little bit we de-escalated it we got somebody there to talk to him to help him we had people on the phone and i drove him to the va and we got him help and we i haven't seen him since yeah um and I know he's doing fine because he's very close with one of the trooper, uh, the highway uh, patrol patrolman in my area. <clears throat> I get done with that. Uh, the trooper even sat in the back seat with him when we went to the VA in Columbia, went back to our jurisdiction. You know, 
said, see you later. Thanks. You know, trooper, whoever. And a call comes out where a guy did commit suicide. Well, actually it didn't even come out as that it came out as, um, he kind of staged his suicide. Does that make sense? Like he, I believe this individual called in and said that um, his, his friend had gotten hurt and he was conducting CPR and uh, he just needed everybody there. Yeah. So he told dispatch, he fabricated a story to dispatch to get as many personnel on scene as possible. He comes out, I think the first person there was um, a, a, a county QRV or a quick response vehicle, which is usually kind of like a volunteer firefighter, semi-EMS kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, usually he's got some gym shorts on and a t-shirt and he's got his, you know, med bag and he's running up and this individual runs up. I can't remember if he said anything or told him to back away or whatever, but he, he has a gun in his hand. And um, if y'all have ever seen videos where people try to trap you into shooting them, you know what I mean? Yep. Like it'll be like a wide pole and they'll kind of come around like, uh, you know, like the wanted movie where they're yep. like curving bullets and shit, or they'll come straight up and, and they'll point it at you and they'll, and then they point it at themselves. Well, that's what this cat did. So whoever was already on scene, you had like fire coming from one end. You had some other deputies coming from the other end of the street. And he does this and kills himself in the front yard. That's when I hear it come over the radio and I was, I don't know, maybe five miles away. I mean, we're in a county, so we might have to go from one end to the other. So it's going to be more than a little municipality like here in South Carolina, like so many places here in South Carolina. And, you know, I saved one dude that was trying to kill himself. And then the very next call I go to, this guy sets it up to where everybody's already there. Lucky he didn't want to hurt anybody else. And he just killed himself in front of like five other first responders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's your there's your roller coaster dude yeah and it's fucked up but that's what it is yeah, man. people that's our business people is our business right yeah and all the good and all the bad yep you get it all mm-hmm. unpredictable mm-hmm. all right so with the best days and the worst days Anything else that you think a, a regular citizen that, you know, probably doesn't have any first responders in their family, let alone a cop. Um, yeah, different ways to approach. One of my biggest pet peeves is when I pull up to uh, whatever call I'm going through, don't run up to my vehicle. No. Oh. Because it's honestly, like, I, I'm going to, I'm ready for an attack at that point, right? Yeah. If you're right. charging at my vehicle, like I'm, you're either going to get checked with a door or met with a Glock in your face, one or the other. Yes. Right? And so just, just wait for me to come to you. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's a big one. Um, yes. 
you know, if you have a weapon, yes, you are within your rights to, to have that weapon on your property, but please put it down when I get there because I don't know what your intentions are with that gun, right? Yeah. Especially in this day and age. Oh, I, yeah. I actually, if, it, if it's in their hand, I'm, I'm going to make sure that thing goes away first. Yeah. Now, I mean, I've been on plenty of calls where they're like, you know, I am a CWP holder and I do have a gun on me. And like, I've talked to plenty of people on, um, on scenes from, you know, the most, the, the simplest unthreatening call ever to, you know, a Berg first where somebody had a gun in their wife's face, like, mm-hmm. and they've had guns on them. And, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm very comfortable with guns. Um, I mean, I don't take unnecessary risks or anything, but if somebody has one on them and, and they're allowed to, especially if I'm on their property, like I'm not going to be a dick about it. No. It, it's on them. They're cool. Like they called me. I think that, you know, is it, a, is it, is it a hundred percent safe? No. You know, is it me being complacent, cocky? whatever it depends what day it is what somebody's going to call it um but i mean i've never had a incident with other weapons on scene besides the one that's on my hip that i was not like damn i fucked that up yeah because it's just i'm comfortable with it i know how to handle it i respect people's second amendment i know I almost always know when somebody is supposed to have it and not have it and where they're allowed to have it and, you know, when to, I don't know, what do you want to call it? You you know, like some officers, they, they make bad decisions and they just die on a hill that they shouldn't die on. Not literally die, but they just pick an argument that like isn't worth the argument. No, I, it's like, I hey man, it's like, hey man, if he's on his property and he's got a gun on his hip, like, cool. That's not what we're here for. Yeah, and and most most people, if you say, hey, just you know, don't reach for it, don't do anything like that, we're good. But I think it goes back to the area you work as well, right? Yeah, yeah. When when I was a city cop, most people I dealt with that had guns on them, they were illegal, like. Just Correct. Blank. Everybody had yeah. a gun. They they weren't supposed to have it. Yeah. You know, they damn sure weren't going to tell you about it. Nope. So, you know, I found I found shit in the trash. Oh yeah. I found them in in trash cans. The the. Oh no, officer! I don't know. Somebody said there was a shooting. Blah blah blah. I didn't. See you know. That. Yeah, and I'll find <laughs> I'll find that Taurus with the stick in it. You know. <laughs> classic everybody <laughs> classic <laughs> oh god pull up with the stick son <clears throat> all right you got any you got anything else besides <laughs> running up to the car guns yeah don't do that um yeah, don't do that please you know if you see a cop parked somewhere backed into a parking space and he's sitting in his car uh he's probably working on a report please don't run up to the car or drive up you know Wave at him first. Make sure you get his attention. Don't startle him. That yeah. Kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, I've definitely had um, more people start driving up to me recently. 
I'm and, all uh, I'm all for making public contact. I'm about for it, sure, like, for sure. And and are, I always and I always see them coming, but yeah, there's always that that it's you know, and and I do too. I pay attention even when I'm back in there. You know, I'm, I'm paying attention. Oh, I'm always looking around, dude. I'm I am officer safety just squirrely as fuck all the time. <laughs> there are those times though, you know. That, yeah. So just make sure just be smart, you know. Yeah. yeah. I know it's asking a lot, but yeah, that's it, man. I don't have anything else. All right. Well, I pulled up a couple sources here that I wanted to. Uh, tell people about and then we're going to wrap it up with a uh, with a headline I saw and I got it pulled up on the laptop up here um, so some sources for people to kind of familiarize themselves and even for people that are in law enforcement or first response you can kind of I know sometimes you need to shut down, decompress, like not think about being a cop, not think about laws, not think about all this stuff. But, uh, and that just depends on you personally. I know for me, like I can only completely shut it down for maybe a day or two. Mm-hmm. I remember when I moved to the agency that I'm with now and I was lucky enough to have the ability to, you know, have a full weekend off. Um, at my last agency, I did not. Um, you know, you would get off uh, Thursday if it day if it's days or nights or whatever, and then you'd have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off. Where I did not have that for basically a year. You know, halfway through Saturday, like I was getting itchy. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I need to be doing some shit. <laughs> like, yep. I need to do something. Like, I would get to. I was working out two a days, um, you know, doing a lot of reading, doing a lot of just research on, you know, stuff with my job. I mean, stuff with finances uh, and stuff for the Marine Corps back when I was still in. I mean, I don't know. I can only I can only stay shut down for so long. Um, but some resources that'd be good for, like I said, anybody that's in first response and even some that aren't. Um, there is a great. YouTube page called Police Activity. Oh, yeah, that's great. Most of the videos um, y'all see of, uh, I don't know, what would you call them? High-stress situations? Yeah, most of them. Um, are on this YouTube page. Um, critical incidents. Critical incidents. There you go. Um, Let's see. I got their page up right now. I mean, they've they created their page in 2016. They have over a billion views. Yeah. Um, they almost have three million subscribers on YouTube. Um, so under their about page, the description is the police activity channel is one of the leading informational platforms on YouTube for police related news and events, bringing your educational, which we're all about informative content. Our goal is to keep you up to date and informed with police news and events. Yeah. So I highly encourage y'all to, um, I mean, 
it's not like a homework exi- uh, you know assignment and you got to watch all these videos and stuff but if you click on it gives a a very detailed uh, description of what's going on what was possibly going on prior to that uh, you know saying that it's an ongoing investigation if officers are you know suspended with leave or if they got fired and uh, just on the first page right here of everything that's been loaded up about the last month. I mean, you got a video right here that's 39 seconds. And then I've got a video right below that that is 31 minutes. They're, really, is, they're really good. They're, you know, the body cam footage you see in the media is, is only a cutout of it. Mm-hmm. So they can push that narrative. But right. police activity is going to show you the entirety. Right. You, that way you're, you're up to date. You understand what's happening throughout the entire video. Yeah, and body cams like this, I mean, these videos were, I mean, somebody, somebody's losing their life. Um, somebody's getting severely injured, and it's a three-minute video, five-minute video, nine-minute video. So when we upload our videos, when I know... when I'm like labeling all my stuff and putting in the description and saying if there was a use of force or a case number or anything like that, if I see one that's long, I know that's one that I got a case number for (laughs) because it was probably something serious. Yeah. When you see a short one, that's like around five minutes. It probably wasn't anything serious. Not event. Not event. You know, no action taken, whatever y'all's verbiage is. So I, I highly encourage people to check out um, that YouTube page. It's a great page I've been following for a while. Um, I actually give a shout out for um, the one you just said, case law for cops. I don't even think I've I don't even think I use that. Uh, it's incredible, incredible. Um, just Google case law for cops, and it's it's awesome. It'll break it'll break all that. So, you know, sometimes case law is written in old English, as I call it. Yes. Like, it's, it's super hard to understand. So yes. it's got the layman version of it as well. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I understand exactly now. Which, I mean, in law enforcement, we have to be able to say and interpret both. Yep. I mean, there's certain things I say that I just sound like a dumbass on here. And there's some stuff that I sound very intelligent, which sometimes I am. You're a freaking scholar. <laughs> yeah. I, but I mean, how I say something, or how I say something, or explain something to somebody in a bad part of the county is going to be different than what I say in court. Mm-hmm. It's going to be different. Has to be. And you got to be able to do both. Sorry, I'm carousing the case law for cops website. <laughs> it's all they, good. They distracted me with uh, a bunch of ads for uh, Hawaiian button ups. Oh, yeah. The book shirt. Oh, anyway, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Another good source for y'all out there. Um, this one isn't 
specifically law enforcement, but it's one of the news outlets I use. Now I use everything from alt-right media, whatever we're, we're calling it now, um, you know, all the way to quote alt-left, whatever. I read or watch a little bit of everything. Um, but a good one, Breaking 911. Uh, they have a website. They're on um, they're on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and they're usually very, very quick with their news, too. If it's anything with law enforcement, uh, if it's anything with the new administration, just it's a good resource. And there's usually not a lot of bullshit in it either. Um, last one. Which one did I see today? The Police Tribune. Um, I believe I actually first saw them years back on uh, on Facebook with uh, with the Back the Blue page. Well, everything they share is through the Police Tribune. It's a really good source, and all their articles are about law enforcement across the country, good and bad. So. Kind of an interesting one that caught my eye today is about the Asheville, North Carolina Police Department is going to stop responding to many calls after losing 84 officers. Yeah, did you read that list? I have not read a full <laughs> list. I saw this article. Dude, and it was just breaking down like stuff they're going to respond to and not respond to and violent in progress that's it <laughs> anything else is sorry yeah <laughs> yeah so to put a little context to that number so they've lost 84 officers since the beginning of 2020 so when stuff started getting bad last year that is approximately 40, what is it, 40% of their manpower? Yes. Yeah, they, they've lost almost half of their entire agency. So is that the entire agency or just guys working the road? Um, it's, it's, as, it's as a whole, but the majority... I mean, regardless. The majority is out of the patrol division. Yeah, of course. Dude... Same same guy I was talking about earlier that that's very disciplined has a home gym and all that, you know. He and his wife were wanting to take a take a little weekend trip. He's about to uh, he just got out of uh, SWAT school. He's about to go to canine school. So he was like, "Hey, I want to take the wife, you know, out whatever for a weekend." They were looking in Asheville. They wanted to go up to the Biltmore House and all that stuff, and it's not that far from here. Mm -hmm. So it's a pretty easy trip for them. And he was like, "You know, it all sounded good until I realized." I would probably be at dinner and have to kill somebody. And he was like, I, I just, I'm not going to Asheville. You know? Yeah. Asheville has been going downhill uh, over the last couple of years, unfortunately. Very unfortunately. Um, that's just one article I wanted to point out. I mean, that's a, uh, that's a common headline nowadays, unfortunately in most that places. That narrative that's being pushed right now, that, that is the result. 
right there. You got mm-hmm. cops that are not going to do the job anymore. Nope. Nope, they are not. But on a positive note, not every place is like that. No. Um, where? I where yeah, well, I mean, we both work, uh, I mean, biased opinion, but we both work for very good departments. Absolutely. Um, y'all's is way bigger and way more advanced than ours, but we're, we're getting there. <laughs> um, as long as there's growth, it's, it's a good place to be, man. Yes, for sure, for sure. We, uh, the department I'm at, uh, the county council approved – damn near everything the sheriff asked for. Um, You know, how he did that or what kind of deals were made or if we had extra money from Corona funding or I don't know. I just know daddy's getting a raise (laughs) and, uh, you know, probably getting a new car by the end of the year. So, (laughs) so if you're, if you're in a supportive community and everybody uh, is doing their jobs and being good officers for the community. It, uh, it can all pay off. Well, brew, you got anything else to add before we wrap this up? I wanted to get, I wanted to get out as many kind of, you know, advice and tips to just, the general public or to give a little bit of an insight of, uh, I don't know what be a, might be able to help someone's interactions with law enforcement in the future and understanding why we do and do not do certain things and even how to help and educate themselves, uh, outside yeah. of seeing me with a badge. Absolutely. And I think it's part of the bridge and the gap and, and, the gap is even larger now than it ever has been. And, you know, if we can keep building that bridge and creating that, that open narrative and education in between, you know, the two general public and law enforcement, I think, I think we, we can see a, a, a change, a, a change in direction. Yeah. So, yeah and, I, and I think we're in a good spot to do it too. Cause, um, as a whole, South Carolina is a good state to be a law enforcement officer in compared to a lot of other places in the country. Definitely. Um, I said that, you know, five years ago when I got into it, I said that in my stint security, and I still say it now that I've gotten back into the game for a couple of years. Yeah, I think that's, you know, the negative, it's, it's a good and a bad here, right? Everybody's got a platform. In, in this country now. And I think that we're utilizing the platform that we have available to us to, to, to the best of our ability, you know, it's, um, Oh, we're going to, Oh, we're going to use the platform. <laughs> Some motherfuckers are going to get educated. <laughs> we're, I am not, we're not a, we're not a lay down and die kind of people. So no, hell no. Mm-mm. So, any uh, updates with Valkyrie? Uh, still working the uh, the SWAT competition. Uh, game I shared the shit out of that the other day, and <laughs> we started call- and we started calling some people out too. Yeah, I appreciate it. We uh, 
we were calling out Spartanburg. We were calling out Richland. We were calling out uh, Charleston. Yeah. Uh, uh, hopefully, with uh, Richland, they're sending uh, – they make up about half of our canine TECC class right now. So, mm-hmm. Uh, that's coming up in July. So hopefully, you know, they get to see what we're about during that. And they can. Go How many back. guys are they sending? Three um, or four? I think it's more now. Um, Holy shit. Yeah, which was surprising to me. They have such a large canine division, you know, and, and they're very uh, self-sustaining. They, they do their own uh, dog training. You know, they, they select their puppies. They do their training in-house and stuff instead of going to an outside entity. So Yeah, Richland County is known for doing a lot of in-house so I was I was surprised that they were pushing it out, but I know I know some of the canine guys are on the SWAT team, and because uh, I've I've been to the the South Carolina summit with them and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. um, so hopefully hopefully we get them on board, um, you know, a couple other uh, entities and stuff. I'm not going to name uh, right now, but yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, well, got, and a lot of people a lot of people follow. The yeah. I mean, they, they follow Richland. Yeah. I mean, R- Richland, you know, they were, they've always been on TV. Um, sheriff Lott has been the sheriff forever. He just won sheriff of the year. Yeah. <laughs> um, Richland, say what you want about him. I mean, that's where I grew up. Um, you know, I went to school and I always had a Richland County deputy in my school. Uh, I've had friends and have friends currently that work there. Um, I mean, it's, I mean, it's a good place and they've, they've had a big impact on the state and Sheriff Lott has had a big impact on the state. Absolutely. For sure. Um, so yeah, we're, we're pushing that. It's growing. Um, like I said, sponsorships are being pushed out. Um, you know, just, just, just still pushing, man. Still growing and, and making things happen. Uh, Thomas and Corey are down at the South Carolina Fire Academy, or not Fire Academy, but Firefighters Association uh, yep. con- convention this week down there in your area. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a factory that has a seminar uh, on rescue task force uh, that they're doing. I wasn't able to attend because of work and stuff, but um, yeah, you know. They're they're down there doing that, and we're just you know we're just still pushing it, getting it out there. Well, good deal. I hope um, I hope him and Corey get some good material to kind of push out uh, on y'all's social media. I know I know Thomas always says like, oh, I never get pictures or I never get videos or we we have <laughs> now we have a ton of pictures. Um, yes, we just we got to take the time to go through them and put up what yeah. we want to put up and. And all that stuff. Well, and y'all have used y'all have a couple photographers and media yeah. guys that kind of help y'all out. Yeah, we do. Not full time, but you know, you got your you got your guys. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're you know we're just doing the thing, still growing. Yeah, so it's uh, for sure. Daily grind, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Grind the grind father or whatever the fuck they call. It. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Well, cool. I mean, we're we're basically just pushing with this podcast, um, which is. I, I, I mean, listen, some people. I, I listened to the last episode today. Hilarious, bro. <laughs> Adventures the, with uh, Bobby are great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Bob, yeah. He'll he'll like go somewhere and he'll come back. So, uh, 
he's on the uh, he's on the left coast for a little bit this yeah. summer. Um, man, so that's going to be like a multi-episode <laughs> story. You know, left coast part one, left coast part two, left coast part three. <laughs> he's he he's he's great. Yeah, the, the whole Wrangler story, man. Oh God, yeah. dude, that was that was awesome. Yeah, and he, he he had originally told me that story when he got back home, and um, he was kind of when we recorded that with Kyle, he was uh, he was kind of crunched for time, and uh, luckily he kind of loosened up, and you know we got a couple beers in him, and he started laughing, and he kind of kind of got into it because. Um, yeah, he got pretty worked up that trip. He was pissed. Because <laughs> I mean, dude, he he, um, I mean, he loves his hiking and he loves getting out there in the woods. And you know, if somebody gets in the way of him, you know, reaching a summit or hitting a certain distance, he gets pretty worked up. <laughs> yeah. I can so. Feel. Yeah, no, it was, it was it was a good story. It was a good story for sure. So. I mean, the podcast is what we're uh, mainly focusing with uh, with CTG right now. Um, you guys got a fall it, line coming out, right, on Shopify? Yeah, we're um, we have the designs done. Um, we're gonna have to pick what is going to be kind of drop drop ship material, and maybe stuff that we're gonna order. We're gonna you know keep. Uh, keep here at the house and I'm going to have to mail them out on my own, which is what we were doing with um, all of the Richardson hats that we had gotten done a while back. Uh, you know, we had the tan one, the green one, the black on black. Mm-hmm. I was, we were shipping those individually. Like we would get an order in, uh, you know, if I had a day off, I'd run to the post office. If I didn't, I would make sure I had the stuff when I went to work and tried to make sure I got to the post office that day. And we communicated with whoever ordered them, you know, like, Hey, we're all working today. Be patient. Um, you know, we're not doing this full time, so it's not going to be, uh, out as, uh, expeditiously as, you know, maybe some other companies do. Um, but yeah, we've been getting a lot of, um, a lot of requests to kind of get more into the outdoor side of things. Yeah. I think there's a huge need for it. Yeah. I mean, I think there is. And, um, and with our multifaceted approach, I mean, with with law enforcement, with military and in the outdoors and pushing our passions with the podcast, I mean, I'll do everything as I'll do everything that we can, you know, honestly, if it's like, Oh, I want more outdoor stuff. I want stuff for deer, blah, blah, blah. Cool. We're going to look at that. Hey, I wish I had some more stuff for the field. Cool. We're going to do that for, you know, the Marines and soldiers and everybody. And, Oh man, I wish I had some more stuff for the road when I'm out on calls and, or if y'all have any information or any gear recommendations for stuff on patrol, like we're going to do that too. And I mean, we have the ability to kind of, push that material um, and push certain products and certain training. So we're just going to do it all for now. <laughs> so.
So, I mean, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. And that's kind of our uh, ideology with the company. And I know y'all have very similar ideology at Valkyrie with being multifaceted and be able to do a little bit of everything. And I think that's even more prevalent today than any time before um, within the realms of, you know, anything within DOD and anything within first responses, knowing a little bit of everything. You have to. Yeah. Yeah, you do for sure. Um, what's y'all's online shop called again? I forgot. Um, the swag store is what it's called. It's what it's called. <laughs> the swag shop. <laughs> it's what it's called on the website. Um, yeah. I don't remember. I, I know I said it during that podcast, but I can't remember. It's a weird name. I mean, it comes up. Yeah. I, I mean, it comes know. straight up when you look up Valkyrie. So I don't remember the name of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I tag. I tag Valkyrie and you and like almost all the stuff. So if people haven't seen it by now uh, between Facebook and Instagram, <laughs> I don't know. Send me a smoke signal. Hopefully I'll see it. And I'll uh, help you out. <laughs> yeah. No, we, we do appreciate it. We try to push everything you guys got too. So. Oh yeah, for sure. And we'll start. Um, there's more connections coming on the horizon for people and, um, anybody that follows all of our stuff you can start seeing those connections uh with one nation coffee down in charleston um with uh bible and bullets up uh, up in your area of the upstate um and some other people we want to start having some more connections with um yeah. I, I know we're gonna start exploring uh, you know more more sponsors i mean our only sponsor technically is anchor which is a great app and i mean i obviously use the shit out of it every week um but we're going to start getting into some more sponsors where we can get you know some money rolling in i can make sure i have the whole mic set up and all the sound set up and integrated with the computer correctly because almost every time i record it's a different sound configuration yeah um we have had some episodes that didn't sound good uh a couple of the first ones it was just me talking into the phone i mean i'm just talking into the phone on this one and i got some earphones so we don't get any you know reverb off of your end uh but with extra with money flow we can get that stuff streamlined and you know get a better product out to everybody so absolutely yeah all right, guys, hope you enjoyed it um, for all first responders, non-first responders. Hopefully this sheds some light on a few things. Uh, some of my other officers that I was speaking with, officers, some of my friends that happen to be officers, uh, spoke to them before this. We might do a part two. If I get a lot of questions uh, or criticisms, uh, you know, say the cons are a little heavier than the pros on this episode. We'll do a second one and we'll rehash some other stuff. Um, maybe some points we didn't think of. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll revisit it if we have to. So, all right, guys, hope you enjoyed. It's getting late on our end. It's still early for Brewer though, cause he's on night shift. So hey. have fun with that shit. Yeah, um, yeah. till next time. Hope you enjoyed guys.